All right. So this is another episode of Muse Vault, Muse Vault Talks. We're here sitting down with local Las Vegas artist, producer, DJ, creative, amazing human being. Uh, Connor goes by Connie. Hola, how are we all doing? And we're just going to talk music, brainstorm, talk ideas, talk about his music a lot, and you're going to get to listen to his own produced tracks. And we hope you guys enjoy it. What's the name of this song? This one's called Space Tribe. Um, I didn't really have any intention of naming it anything particular, um, but listening to it, I sort of just got some primal cosmic vibes and thought that was worth uh, putting on the song uh, for the title. I just thought it had good energy. So, nice. yeah, takes your imagination somewhere. So, when, did, whole, you, when did you make it? Um, man, uh, since the new year, I think I've come out with six or seven new songs, um, and this is one of them. Um, so a lot of times I often have spurts where I write something pretty much every day, um, and then sift through and go back and see what I like keeping or not like keeping, but if it ends up as a full song, majority of the time... I'm gonna keep it because I would have recognized earlier on in the process that this isn't really worth committing my energy to. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Um, a lot of my influences are all super spacey or ethereal. Um, I like that kind of influence. I think I got that from reggae music. Um, I bump reggae music all the time, and uh, their use of delays and reverbs really resonates with me so I like trying to emulate that in the tunes as well. Oh yeah. And everything's organically made, right? Mm. All by you and your A hundred percent, yeah. Uh, I mean I definitely use samples and things like that, but um, in this day and age with the tools that you're offered digitally, um, I feel safe in being able to manipulate it to a certain degree where I can call it my own. Um, but um, a lot of the bass lines, the main melodies, those are all organic um, that I personally did write. I'm not a pianist or I'm not musically trained, but we got it done one way or another and figured it out. Um, but uh, I also use, um, shout out to Splice. Um, I use Splice all the time to get my vocals because they're not, um, there's no copyright infringement or royalties that I have to give or anything to save someone were to listen to the tunes, so um, that's been a huge benefit in in pr- pushing the progress of making music and, and actually completing projects, so... Um, shout out to Splice. Shout out to Splice. A lot of people are scared with the Boots and Cats without vocals, so um, to reach out to a little bit of a dem- different demographic, um, the vocals, I think, ease the way into that, so... If you're not a fan of Connie yet, just listen to some tracks, maybe with some songs and uh, or some vocals, and you'll be able to acquire the taste, maybe. So, aside from Splice, what else helps you work, and what other programs and tools do you use? Uh, well, a huge um, advocate of Ableton. That's my that's my baby. Um, I've been figuring out Ableton for nine years. Um, it's been a long journey but I feel now we're more acquainted with one another and um, the stock plugins and sounds that Ableton offers I feel is amazing and even though uh, I have 
endless folders and folders and folders and folders as most music producers do of samples and a lot of times you don't even end up using that stuff but it's, it feels safe to have it there um also uh shout out to arcade and um and uh from output that's probably also my number one vst which is super easy plug and play and you're just able to gain inspiration immediately to further the track forward so um yeah and uh but like i said the ableton the stock stuff i mean you you don't need all the bells and whistles to get the job done you can really if you have any ambition of doing this on your own, you can download a live free version of this stuff and see if it piques your interest. But um, you can accomplish some really great things just with, with the stock stuff involved. Sick. So before like deconstructing fully on like the music end, you just had a show at uh, Ferguson's downtown Las Vegas. We did. Um, I was able to catch your set. I really loved it. Now, out of that hour, I want to know what was like your favorite part like what are some songs that were just like absolutely like gave you that tingly feeling when you're just like about to drop it and what are the songs that like you know make you like that little voice in your head goes like oh they're not ready for this you know what are those songs for you? a hundred percent um i think some of the songs that were in my set that night um which to note on all of them were my songs um yeah. they're all original content that entire hour which we didn't record the set that evening, but I will do um, a revised edit of that, and um, that'll be up on SoundCloud for everyone to check out here in the next few days. Um, but uh, a recent song that I did is called Give Me Fever, which is a, a edit or rework, however you want to phrase it. Um, I didn't use any of the instrumental aspects of the original Peggy Lee song, um, but we did have um, a vocalist, uh, Anna McGee, she sang a cover for it for me. And, um, then we ended up writing the full song that night. And, um, that was one of the highlights of the evening, um, for myself personally, just because that's the song that I recently have ever done the most vocal edits to or the most manipulation. And so it was gratifying to hear it out loud and see other people nod their heads to it as well. Um, also, another song um, that I made with Mario Soria, who goes by Smoke, uh, is a, I love disco music, and that's also a huge influence on my style, um, but another song, which at the time is titled 70s, it's unreleased, majority of all my music is unreleased, but this one is still definitely under wraps, and um, that was definitely a vibe when I was able to put that out there, and uh, it's just a feel-good song, so Sick. yeah, that was a nice way to end the evening, and um yeah, I felt positive about it. Yeah, your whole set, I, I feel like, was so consistent and very well thought out and planned that, you know, it seems like you've been doing this for like fucking 20 years or something. <laughs> well, that's a, huge, that's a huge compliment to say because, especially with my DJing um, and also with my um, production, where I'm not um, an expert by any means or don't claim to be, and... Uh, all of my sets, I, I, I do run through them multiple times beforehand, but um, I don't go to the degree of assigning cue points or um, making notes in the software or record box, whatever it may be that I'm using, um, to signify transitions or anything to me. So a lot of times I kind of go in there blind and just uh, feel it. So um, 
I again really appreciate the compliment because uh, you, it's hard for me to replicate, say something that I did two hours or run through and said, oh wow, that's that's a that's a really solid vibe. I'm I'm gonna do that when I do it for the show. Um, it often gets lost in the sauce and it doesn't have the same um, authenticity or um, original feel to it. So as opposed to trying to put myself in that sketchy scenario, I kind of rather just um, go off the top of the head and see whatever happens and I think that that keeps the sets exciting. So even if I played the same tunes um, that you heard previously, uh, the presentation is always going to be different. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, that helps break up the monotony. I know a lot of people with electronic music that maybe don't indulge as much as other enthusiasts or people that claim to be. Um, it's a, just another way to add excitement or some sort of um, eye-catchness, you know what I mean? So, nice. Yeah. Now, um, with Musebolt, we've worked together multiple times. and Indeed. Each time we've worked together up until this point, you've just gotten better. And I love that in an artist because that speaks louder than words and you just continue to come fully prepared. You continue to, you know, um, show, show out and, you know, let your music speak, let your art express itself without, you know, because people don't see behind the scenes. They don't see, they don't, they don't see the production. They don't see the building of a song or a, a one hour set. They don't see any, yeah. they just, they're there to appreciate it when you're playing it and seeing you and your progress and hearing you talk about building music and like building songs it's a totally different language but that language needs to be heard because that is hard work and that is blood sweat and tears <laughs> yeah yeah a hundred percent a bunch of high interest program. loans have been taken out to do this kind of thing Real so shit. it's uh <laughs> i mean i still work a nine to five um sadly and and the goal is to wake up one day and be able to uh, curate tunes and, and um, make them and, and have other people enjoy them where I'm not trying to make all the money in the world, but I, um, I don't do well with being a cog in, in, in the machine. And um, I really appreciate the, the compliments again on you being there and growing with me through my whatever you want to call it, uh, music journey. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, I mean, it, it for people that don't know what goes on behind the scenes and, and some kind sometimes rip on artists, you know, if you go see a DJ and you're like, oh, they're just standing up there and they're not really doing anything or whatever, totally the case, um, oftentimes. But I would like to interject that uh, now as someone that I used to only identify as a DJ because I was very intimidated on tackling the production world and seeing, you know, making things of my own but now after many years and many hours and trials and tribulations um i identify more solely as a producer and not as a dj nearly as much um so with that being said when you when you make your own music and you play your own music um you want it to be heard and you know i made the record the way that i made it and i and I, and I want the people to hear it that way. So that's why guys also, or, or women as well, make um, uh, edits to their own songs. So, you know, there'll be club reworks, there'll be radio edits, there'll be remixes or so on and so forth, things of that nature. Um, but uh, anyway, to, to the original aspect of the conversation, um, you got to put in work. And I'm putting in work every day. Hard fucking and, work. Yeah. What, and 
you know, even if you don't have the availability to get onto your computer and, and do whatever, you know, try to watch something on your phone, learn a new trick or tip, um, read up on something, make cover art, or be creative in some way just to keep those juices flowing because uh, it's really easy to get sidetracked and to get bogged down or you beat yourself up and, and so on and so forth. So whatever you can do to keep your head above water creatively, I would suggest doing that. And uh, you know, I oftentimes read books, uh, weird stuff, fiction, uh, a lot of like HP Lovecraft, um, like anthology stories. Um, video games are cool just because to me, uh, when I make music, I try to, if it doesn't take you somewhere, then I don't really see what's the point in continuing. So um, the reason I brought up books and video games is just that like your imagination goes to these landscapes that either the author or the developers in the game are trying to take you somewhere. So again, something to stimulate your imagination and I try to keep doing that. Um, even at work, I, I write poetry. I work at a bar and if I'm doing last call and I'm just waiting for all these mouth breathers to leave, uh, I'll try to write some lyrics or something that could potentially be used or so on and so forth. Nice. Yeah. I really like the organic, the, the hard work of, of music that goes into your process. Now let's get into that process. Um, I would like to, so there's a song, Fever. Yeah. Now I want to like deconstruct that song with you from like beginning to end. Like show Easy. Me. Show me your favorite parts. Show me your not so favorite parts. What were what were some head scratchers during the process? You got and it. And we'll let the audience listen to that track and enjoy it for themselves. But for right now, I wanna I wanna know the process behind that song. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's open up that project and we can give it a look. See. Um, so I have worked with vocalists in the past, but not many. Um, this was probably the most in-depth experience I've had with having a vocalist sit right next to me. Um, it's also really, it makes life a lot easier when, um, again, these are not my original lyrics or anything. This is a Peggy Lee song, um, Give Me Fever, um, which everyone should check out because it's an amazing song. But um, So we already had a sense of vibe. We already had sort of a sultry, sort of soft-spoken female um, narrative to the song. Um, which I think everybody can get behind. Um, the bass line, I think, um, came first, um, which we're going to get that going here. So I think it started off with this bass, and then we had our kick going. A softer kick in the beginning of the song. I didn't want to give the audience everything. You kind of have to hold off on some things, but I mean, it's up to your call. But um, her vocals, when we got that going, that made a big difference. Um, she did a great job with all of that, and um, so what we're hearing right now is the bass. You're hearing the, the bass, the kick, and just vocals. So um, a lot of the times when I make a song, um, I am a huge believer in less is more. So if you're able to achieve a vibe with very little elements, then I would say go with your gut and keep pushing that, um, that narrative, um, whatever it may be. Um, 
But then I'm just going to turn this stuff off real quick and set it up differently. Um, turn all these off. So like I said, we have the kick going, we had her voice going, and then we have our bass element going. And, and like I said, with the vocal edits, that was probably the hardest aspect of all of this, um, just because it's the most that I've ever done before. So, um, you know, there's in the song, we can play the original one so people have a better understanding of what we're talking about here. Um, she does a... Roll. And, and we, I grabbed the last few syllables of the uh, put your arms around me and um, yeah so it was just a lot more meticulous it was a lot more of going through and, and listening back and, and then making an adjustment listening back and things of that nature um, we got some really good atmospheric stuff from from output through arcade as well. Um, it, it may be hard to hear on this audio, but um, the arcade, again, um, to find nice pads or soft synths or whatever you want to phrase them as, um, great, great tool to fill space, whether it be high frequency stuff or even if you're having a hard time Writing a bass line, um, something that always I go to, but I'm naturally going to have three or four arcade um, tracks going within the song. Um, and then pretty much it was just a lot of writing it. Um, so right now we just have the atmospheric stuff. We'll play the entirety of it all right now. Um, this is what the full beat sounds like. The main thing that ties it all together is going to be um, this trumpet element, which uh, I think that if you add guitar or trumpet to your song, um, same thing with the vocals, it just does something, whether it be nostalgic or it's familiar to a lot of ears. So um, something safe, sometimes techno music or um, like I said, music with no vocals. Um, it scares people uh, and it's hard to get mainstream audiences to pay attention to something whether you think it's a great beat or not um, and so yeah uh, trumpets and um, atmospheric stuff uh, can really help you know not just trumpets but saxophones or you know nice nice uh, keys anything you know, a signature sound um, it really ties the whole thing together so um, yeah that that helped out a lot and um in the live performances that i hope to achieve in the next coming shows um we're gonna have a lot more uh i use an apc 40 mk2 um from novation and uh it's an amazing piece of equipment and so i use that alongside the the two cdjs and mixer um so i'll have I'll have my Ableton going through a third channel, and then I'll have two songs going up, and uh, I try to mix in and out of all of that fluidly. Um, so, 
So those are, that'll be interesting to see in the future. Uh, and this song is going to be probably one of the front runners of what I will manipulate live um, with making bigger effect racks, which is having multiple plugins or um, audio effects in a chain in Ableton. Um, and so you can group those things and you can set macros and tell, physically adjust a knob and we'll have um, a response to the software. And so um, something that's so robotic like electronic music, um, I'm super interested in getting into the live aspect just to humanize it as much as I can. Nice. Because um, again, mainstream audiences sometimes a little bit timid to this sort of thing. So the more... Um, the more that I can offer, that I think the more they'll be receptive. Um, same thing with the visualizations. Uh, I'm super interested in getting projectors and getting into my, uh, figuring out how to be a projectionist, one, and then offering those visuals to, um, to these venues because uh, a lot of them are of, of all ages. And so I think that you know, not only children, but adults will enjoy having something to be visually stimulating as well as audibly. Um, so that's the total package. And it just adds to. The yeah, it just adds. You know, it's a, it's like an onion. You know, the more layers that you can, or a cake, you, the more layers you can add. I think the better. Um, just so that it gives more of the audience a chance to grab onto something that they can walk away from the evening and be like, that was a super cool. You know, the song was doing this one thing, and I and the visuals were doing this one thing, and it looked and sounded cohesive. Um, you know, so. That's the that's the main goal, and that's what we're shooting for. Nice. Um, yeah, but the the Give Me Fever song, um, it. I think the bass line is super strong, and I think it's really dark. Uh, makes me, uh, you know, a sense of vibe of like a driving element, um, which is also another thing that I look for in the music that I write, um, which comes through techno music. But um, you know, imagine something like you were in your car driving fast, changing lanes, whatever. I'm not encouraging driving fast, but um, it's a vibe, right? Um, play Grand Theft Auto for that or something, but. Uh, yeah, it, it, take, it takes me somewhere, and I, and I hope it takes you somewhere as well. Um, yeah, and, and that's the song, Give Me Fever. There's, we can offer a more in-depth breakdown at some other point, but uh, so I don't bore you too much. Oh, yeah, so that was awesome. Um, this is a really great song. We will play Thank it you. in its entirety um, after this, but we do have a sit-in guest who's also worked with Connor um, throughout the years. Prince Shappy, my older brother. Yo, yo, yo. Yo. <laughs> um, Prince is actually the one that introduced me to Connor. They're both bartenders. And I want to know your thoughts on Connor and his music. You pretty much like said a lot. <clears throat> um. So my brother Prince and Connor work together. They're both bartenders. <laughs> Um, we're just gonna get at an undisclosed location. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna get Prince's um, honest thoughts about Connor because I personally know that he really fucks with him, and we just want more people to fuck with him. So let's listen to let's, let's fuck get with some, me more. You let's know, get some reasons why. Yeah, we seriously. Um, I've known Connor for like almost three years. Um, I've seen his music grow every single time and it just gets better and better and better 
not saying like your previous music is shit. It's just like it's just so like it's more advanced. No, but you, I mean, and just to to tie into that, what I think is hilarious is to think back to moments with like you, me, and like JD, and and listening to some of my, like my first three songs, which I know which they are. And I remember being in a parking lot, showing you in my car, and being like, dude, look how f- listen how fire this is, dude. Like we're going places, baby. Yeah. And uh, and then now listening back onto that stuff and legit laughing. And, uh, <laughs> which it's not trash, but you know, I mean, if you if you keep on doing this thing every day, whatever it may be, um, like you're gonna get good at it. And um, you know, I just saw a thing on Gary V, and he uh, shout out to him as well. Shout out uh, to fucking Gary V. Yeah, dude. Hashtag or at Gary V. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, he he said something. I'm gonna paraphrase, but uh, along the lines of. If you're remotely good at something, you know, then just get tunnel vision and go, you know, pedal to the metal on that shit. Cause, um, I'm like, what are you waiting for, you know? And so I just appreciate, you know, Prince, uh, having been there from the get go. And, uh, also my number one photography dude, this dude follows me everywhere yeah, and follow, takes fucking great photos. Photo. Um, where do they follow on that? Uh, Instagram. I have my website also, www.princechappyphoto.com. Yep. Um, yeah, Prince Chappie check that Photo. out. Instagram at Prince Chappie Photo. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, huge, huge, huge collection of photos out there, and yeah. from a bunch of shows. Not only just mine, but uh, pretty much any time I'm gonna play, this is the dude that's snapping my photos. So he does great work. But back to to the homie, whatever he has to say. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, and like I've worked with a handful of artists. I've never seen anyone um, more hungry than you are. If that, if that makes sense. I appreciate that. Like, you know, and that's the one thing I love about Connor. It's just... This boy's hungry! Yeah. He's a, he's he wants a to make moves! Yeah, you know what artist. I mean? A hungry artist for sure. Like, yeah, so like, yeah, just stop wasting my time type shit. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I've seen Connor's uh, music grow so much over the years, and... And he just has so much drive, and that's and that's why I love him so much. And y'all need to fuck with it more. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that's what it. That's we need in, in an artist. They gotta be hungry. They they gotta want the drive. They they can't just sit around, put out songs, and think that everything's just gonna fall into place. Yeah, you yeah, and it. just have like your handout. You know yeah, what I mean? oh, and I, and I think to all the listeners, I mean, I don't do very well on social media, and if you met me in person, I'm far different than the presence that I offer on that platform. But um, I don't I don't really talk much to my audience. If I even have an audience, but <laughs> but um, I mean, as other people that are nice enough to listen to this um, to this show, uh, I-, I work a nine to five, like I said, and I fucking hate it, and I fucking hate waking up and not doing like I'm not doing what I love to do. Uh, bartending is a great profession, and I do enjoy it at times, but. You know, if you can make music for eight hours a day, I would much rather do that than have to go clock in somewhere and have someone tell me what to do. So that's my biggest driving force uh, as I've gotten older in life is just that, you know, and not to be cliche on rise and grind, trying to hustle, uh, trying to be an entrepreneur, you know what I mean? Let's let's get this money, let's chase that bag. Uh, But uh, I'm trying to be my own boss, you know? Like I don't don't want, I don't want to live someone else's life where they're telling me what to do. And so um, 
the if if we were looking for an answer where maybe some of this drive comes from it's just that uh frustration honestly <laughs> it's Angst. A, yeah a le legit um being a, a cog in the machine and uh, i just can't do that anymore so um we're gonna shoot our shot and try to do something you know like i said i don't need all the monies in the world but uh enough monies to pay my rent and just do tunes would be fantastic absolutely so it was nice um talking to you getting to know you for sure um hearing you deconstruct a really nice song it was very nice because we got to get people aware of the process that goes into making music electronic through instruments whatever it is if you're making music there's a process to it and it means something to somebody so the song we're about to play for you guys is um, Fever, right? It is Fever, yeah. We're going we're gonna to play Fever in its entirety. We're going to play Fever in its entirety. Yeah. By Connie. And that's coming on now.
Awesome. So that was Fever, written, produced, performed, whatever, all of it, all by Connie. Yep. And it was nice talking to you, talking about music. And Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys coming by. Yeah, absolutely. And deconstructing that song, again, the process is, is the most important part to anything. And we love your art. Shout out, shout out to Connor. Shout out to Prince Shabby. Um, where can we find your music? You can find my music. Uh, the link is in my Instagram bio, uh, which you can find me at, at Connor Egan, C-O-N-N-O-R-E-G-A-N. Um, the link to my SoundCloud's in there. Uh, all of my music, whether it be finished or not, honestly, um, a lot of it though, um, I do post when it's done and, um, you're more than welcome to come check out. And, uh, some of them are even down, uh, for free download. So you're more than welcome to use those, uh, however you see fit. And I would love for anyone to come check it out. And I hope that you have a great time listening to it. Absolutely. Everybody check out Connor Egan goes by Connie, badass artist, hungry, has the drive and just, <laughs> just fuck with them. Just fuck with them. Thanks, man. But yeah, thanks for thanks for talking music. This is Muse Vault Talks. Find all of our stuff at MuseVault, MuseVault.com. And we'll catch you guys another time.